you are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. Thank you, Amelia. And how's it going, A's fans? Welcome to episode 307 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's episode, the A's are starting a series with the Houston Astros. It's going to be an enormous series for where the A's are in the AL West right now, which is three and a half games back. They're going to have to play well in this series. They have not been playing well of late. So we're going over some keys to this series. Uh, in the first segment here, I'm going to give you uh, Tuesday's pitching matchup, which it's Chris Bassett against Framber Valdez. Spoilers! <laughs> but I'm going over uh, what Valdez has done well, which A's could have success against him, given his pitch repertoire. And then uh, in the second segment, I'm giving you guys who's hot on both sides of the ball, uh, how of both teams been performing it's going to be a lot more fun if you're an Astros fan but uh that that's that and in the third segment I'm just giving you some some quick takeaways heading into game one of this series uh, I got the rest of the pitching matchups as well in that segment I'll probably go into those in a little bit more detail like I am in the first segment uh, over the next couple of days here but uh, that's what I got on the docket for you guys today but if you are the type of baseball fan that can't help but get giddy over prospects we have the podcast for you and that is the locked on MLB prospects podcast hosted by minor league play-by-play voice RM Layton and it is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. Follow the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And you can also follow this podcast wherever you like hearing podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review if you can. Always love seeing five-star reviews. And also follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Spotify green room app. Probably going live on Thursday at game time, which is 11 a.m. Uh, should be hopefully a sweep series for the A's. I know that I'm getting very excited about what is not it doesn't look on paper with how the teams are going it doesn't look like it's going to be a fun series but maybe the A's can get two out of three or you know have a nice series so uh, I'll be sitting there taking ridicule live on Spotify green room at 11 a.m what a great way to start the day on Thursday and if you have any questions for us please send those to lockdownathletics at gmail.com but let's get into the meat of this first segment here and that is Chris Bassett against Fromber Valdez the two starters for Tuesday night's matchup the uh they're kicking it off in Houston and for the season, Chris Bassett it has a 3.04 ERA against Houston. He has one start, and it was opening day, uh, where he went five and a third innings pitched, gave up four hits, three earned runs. Obviously, not a terrible start, but facing these Houston Astros, he might have to be even better than that. Uh, one fun stat that I love about Chris Bassett right now, and this is kind of like if you say it on the broadcast and it start, then it comes true or, you know, it gets broken and I don't want to do that, but I love giving stats and this one is fun. He has not lost a start since April 6th against the Dodgers. So he's been really, really, really good this season, you guys. And his barrel percentage is in the 80th percentile. I've been talking about that. He misses barrels. That's what his game is. That's how he's able to have success, have that 304 ERA and be considered by many 
by many, many people to be an all-star. The biggest snub in the history of all-star snubs, Chris Bassett in 2021. Uh, <laughs> he, he's a snub is what I'm saying. If you if you agree, listen to yesterday's episode. I talked all about him in the second segment. It was a lot of fun. Talked about him and Mark Canna. Both guys should be in the, in the all-star game, or at least named all-stars. They don't have to pitch or you know, perform, but they should be there. End of story. Let's get into Fran Baraldez. Uh, he started on the I.L. and during spring training, it seemed like he was going to miss the entire season. And then doctors were like, no, he's not. He's He'll be fine in a couple of months. And then he's been really, really good since he came back. He's made seven starts so far, and he has a glistening 2.18 ERA on the season. In his last three starts, he's gotten touched up a little bit. Uh, so this is what we're going on. This, this is the hope right now is that uh, total in total, he's gone 20 innings, given up six runs, which if you go, it's six and two-thirds innings, basically. And he's giving up two runs and a, and, uh, an appearance. And that is what you're hanging your hat on is getting two runs off of Frambo Valdez. And that is... Uh, not not good news if you're an A's fan with how the A's have been swinging the bats, but sometimes you get that data reset and then everything works out okay. Go You step up against a big divisional rival. Maybe somebody will step up. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, one guy, I, I have two breakout candidates for this series. Uh, one guy, go ahead, it's Ramon, obviously. Uh, and then the other one I'll get into a little bit later, but sticking with Framber Valdez here, uh, his barrel percentage, I, I just mentioned Chris Bassett's is in the 80th percentile, which is extremely good. Uh, Framber Valdez, uh, he's thrown fewer innings, fewer pitches, all that stuff, but he's in the 95th percentile. He's even gooder. Uh, his launch angle is where he gets batters into trouble because his average launch angle on balls put in play this season is negative 6.7. That means that he is a ground ball pitcher. And if you can get the ball in the air against this guy, you can probably do a decent amount of damage. Uh, whether or not that is going to happen, uh, it hasn't happened much yet this season. He's allowed four home runs in. In total, three of those have been on changeups, so one against the four seam. And uh, here's his usage on those pitches. And I'm going to get into some breakout candidates potentially against Fran Valdez on Tuesday. Uh, his usage, the sinker is his main pitch. It's 44.2% usage, uses that a decent amount of time. Uh, and then the changeup is 21.6% of the time, curveball 265 And then the four seamer uh, is a 7.8% used pitch. And it also has a 364 batting average against. So that is not a pitch that he wants to be throwing in you know, any counts really, but uh, against some of the A's hitters, maybe it comes into play. Maybe against like Steven Piscotty. If it, it could just be, you know, sinkers and four seamers because Piscotty had one rehab game and then he made it back to Oakland because Mitch Moreland went on the IL. We're still not sure what happened with him, but uh, maybe he's like, hey, this guy does not have his timing yet and his wrist hurts or had been hurting. Let's see if I can just bust him inside with some four seamers. That's how I would attack Stephen Biscotti right now. I am very intrigued to see how Framber Valdez attacks this A's lineup because there are some ways that you could do it. But against Matt Olson, Olson's strengths have actually been Framber Valdez's strengths too. So it's going to be a weird uh, just matching up of Goliaths. Uh, Goliathies. <laughs> Thanks, Lonely Island. Um, against the changeup. Matt Olson is hitting 342 with a thick 632 slugging percentage or yeah, slugging percentage. And so he's been fantastic against the changeup. That is 
uh, a pitch that Framovaldez throws 21.6% of the time, has also allowed three home runs on that pitch. So is he going to be trying to get Matt Olson with any off-speed pitches? That's going to be interesting because he has gotten dinged with that pitch before. Does he throw it when there's nobody on base, but uh, he does he not throw it when there are guys on base. That's going to be something that I'm going to be very intrigued to find out. And then against the sinker, which is Fromber's best or, you know, most effective pitch, the pitch that he uses the most is 44.2% of the time. It's not his most effective pitch. It's the curveball, which is his most effective. But beside the point, just wanted to clarify that as I keep rambling on. But against the sinker, Matt Olson is hitting 417 with an 806 slugging. And uh, he crushes two of those balls, two of the two of Framber's best pitches or most used pitches very, very often. So is he only going to be seeing curveballs? I don't think that that is a, a sound strategy if you are from Meralda. So you're going to have to pick and choose your spots to use that sinker and that changeup. Do you throw him a fastball? You're getting creamed off the fastball. So what do you do? Is Matt Olson going to be able to turn it around even though he's been struggling over the last week or so? Um, these are things that are, are intriguing to me, but Matt Olson looks low. I, I know that it's a lefty on lefty matchup, and so it's not the best comparison, but those are his numbers against them, and he has been able to crush lefties this season. So does that come into play? That's what I want to know. Uh, Steven Piscotti, I know that I just mentioned him, and the only reason that I mentioned him now is because he is there on the Oakland A's to crush lefties. That is what he does well. That is, He's probably going to be in the lineup because he generally crushes lefties. And I know he hasn't played a ton this season, but his stats right now against the curveball, he's hitting 455 this season, which is absolutely fantastic. And then he's hitting 353 against the changeup. So those are another two of his good pitches. Is he just going to be saying sinkers? That would probably be a sound strategy if you are from Aroldas and you can get him to just run one of those into the ground. But again, we'll see what the plan of attack is. Matt Chapman, on the other hand, I'm only going over these three guys. Matt Chapman, he's hitting 438 versus the changeup. So he has been fantastic with the changeup. That is the pitch that you can do damage with. He's allowed three home runs out of his four have been versus the changeup. So my guess is that he's going to be focusing on a couple of Chapman's uh, I guess weaknesses uh, and that is hit, uh, with the sinker because that is a pitch that he likes to throw uh, Matt Chapman is hitting 226 against the sinker and 074 against the curve so if I was going to go ahead and attack Matt Chapman in this game in the first inning I would go sinker sinker curveball strike him out on three pitches that's what you do against Matt Chapman or maybe you have him you go curveball sinker curveball something like that but uh, those are the, the two pitches that I would be throwing to Matt Chapman trusting my own stuff to beat his best Best, or, you know, his worst, I guess. Um, so let's see if that all comes to fruition. But that is how I would attack these guys. Uh, and But again, is Matt Olson going to be able to do it? Is somebody else going to be able to step up? Because a lot of guys have been on the downswing of late. Uh, and I know that Houston has the best offense in baseball versus righties and lefties, but they are slightly worse against righties. So maybe having the ace, Chris Bassett, on the mound, maybe the ace can scratch out a couple of runs and Chris Bassett holds them to one and then the bullpen does some magic. Uh, they've been doing a little bit better. I talked about that a little bit in yesterday's podcast as well. They've been doing slightly better, so I have a little bit more confidence in them coming off of last week than I did the week before because J.B. Wendell can return and people are back in their usual their usual roles. And that's, I think, a, a big thing for this bullpen right now. So uh, we'll see if they get some reinforcements. We'll see what else they do. But right now, 
they got five guys that I feel fairly decent about with, you know, Diekman, Romo, Trevino, Wendelkin, and Petit. They've got five guys that I'm like, okay, you can throw two of those guys one day, three the next, or, you know, vice versa, or maybe you throw Romo on both and you have three and three. So if your starter can get you six innings, maybe the A's have a chance, but we'll see. Uh, the Astros have also... Uh, creamed Sergio Romo in the past, including the playoffs and, you know, the opening series of uh, the 2021 season. So uh, have they figured them out? I don't know. But we're going to get into who's been hot for both of these teams coming up. So stay locked in with Locked On A's and I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain stores to stock all the parts that you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto because Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for 20 years and rock auto prices are reliably low for every customer and they have everything you could need brake parts tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet go explore their easy to use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box and let them know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com welcome back to the locked on a's podcast if you guys are enjoying the show make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like hearing podcasts wherever you're listening to this is a great place to get this podcast each and every weekday for your morning commute also you can follow us on social media at locked on a's on twitter and instagram i'm at by jason b on twitter and in the spotify green room app and if you have any questions for us please send those to locked on athletics at gmail.com typically with the locked on account i will be tweeting games live and also covering news and you know tweeting out highlights and doing all that stuff. So it's a good follow if I do say so myself. So make sure to follow Locked On A's and also me because I do all the tweets as well. So give us both a follow. Why the hell not? <laughs> but anyways, let's get into who has been hot for both of these clubs the last seven games. Um, first off, a couple of things, uh, and that is that Jordan Alvarez and Martin, Mal uh, Martin Maldonado uh, did not play a full slate of games. They were both on the IL. They're both now off of the IL. Uh, one of them was bereavement. One of them, uh, Marcin Maldonado, I believe, was bereavement. And then Jordan Alvarez was the paternity list. So they're both just back in time for this series. So everything's just turning up millhouse. <laughs> All right, well, let's start with those jerks first. Uh, Martin Maldonado over the last seven games has a 262 WRC plus, which is really, really good. Uh, he also went four for eight. So it, he had eight at bats in the entire. So he hit 500. Whoopity do. Great, great job for Martin Maldonado. Um, I guess. Uh, but, and he's back. So yay. Uh, also, uh, Chaz McCormick, he's been really good for no reason. He's got a 199 WRC plus over the last seven with a 364 batting average and a 429 on base. Jordan Alvarez, 143 WRC plus, which means he's 43% above league average. Uh, I, I feel like I, I should explain that every time I say it, just because uh, not everybody listens to every episode and the ones that I, you know, explain it, it, it feels like it's just easier to bring people along with you. So uh, WRC plus just makes, makes it so that it's an easy game 
gauge of like, oh, you see that number, you're like, oh, good or bad, how good, how bad kind of thing. That That's what that stat does. Uh, just a, a quick glance, kind of like batting average, but more updated to include other things as well. But I give the batting average of the on base just to, you know, paint the whole picture for you guys. Uh, so Yordan, he has a 143 WRC plus. He's hitting 267 over the last week with a 389 on base. He's been fantastic. Carlos Correa had a week. He also had a 143 WRC plus with a 238 batting average and a 407 on base. Great. Uh, Miles Straw, that pain in the butt Miles Straw, 127 WRC plus. Everybody was hitting last week. It's not good. And also, they got swept by the Orioles this week. So, most of these stats, I'm assuming, came against uh, the Cleveland baseball team. So, uh, that's. That's just how that worked. Um, but Miles Straw, 127 WRC plus. He hit 250, had a 419 on base, which I must say, do not let him get on at any, like at all. But at a 419 clip, do not let that happen. Because if Miles Straw is getting on base that often in front of the big bats as the lineup turns over, you're going to have a bad time. So don't let that happen. It's happened before, and the A's have lost series before. Do not let that happen again. Uh, also, Jose Altuve, 120 WRC+. Plus. He, hit, he only hit 190, so that's good, but he had a 400 on base. So everybody's been doing great. That's six hitters. I didn't even mention, mention Michael Brantley or Kyle Tucker, who have also both been great. Uh, Michael Brantley is an all-star. Kyle Tucker had a heck of a case to be an all-star. So, And also, Yuli Gurriel, who always just destroys the A's with big hits. He's a big time. Uh, if somebody comes, if there's somebody on base when he comes up, he's going to drive them in. That's just what Yuli Gurriel has been doing this season. So uh, face him with the bases loaded as often as possible because that is the way to beat the Astros. Also keep Miles Straw off the bases and also scoring more runs than them. Those are the, the key factors for the A's is scoring more runs and not letting them do good things with the bats. So <laughs> analysis. Um, as for the A's though, you got Jeb Lowry who was actually the best header over the last week. He had a 170 76 WRC plus he hit 300 with a 364 on base. So we've been seeing the return of Vampire Jed, and you know that I love to hear that. Uh, Mitch Moreland started turning things around. He had a 171 WRC plus last week, but he is currently on the IL for undisclosed reasons. Uh, that's It feels like something's going on, but it's like a personal matter, more like family-related as opposed to uh, something that you know is wrong with him. And so that's why I do not want to pry. I want Mitch Moreland to have as much time and space as he needs, even though the A's could definitely use him right now with, uh, you know, Mark Canna on the IL and all that stuff. But uh, hopefully Mitch Moreland is doing okay. We wish him well. Um, we, we miss you, I, I believe. <laughs> um, and then uh, Frank Schwindel, he had that one home run and, you know, a couple of other hits. He has a 146 WRC plus, but that was in a very, very small sample. So do I trust that? I do not know. Um, and also, I assume that he's going to be in the lineup as the A's DH on Tuesday. Again, uh, just because he's supposed to be facing lefties. Uh, from Bravada's very, very tough lefty, but you got to give him these opportunities. That's why he's there. You, you bring in the guys that are supposed to hit lefties to hit against lefties. So we'll see how Fromber pitches against him because he did crush a fastball for his first big league home run last week. Does he only see curveballs and off-speed pitches uh, or 
does he not want to, you know, rely on those? Do you give him a fastball? Do you give him a sinker? Um, we're going to find out. I think that it's probably going to be sinker curveball, you know, same sort of uh, strategy that you would have for Matt Chapman would be my guess if I was from Bervaldas and Martin Maldonado in this game. Uh, but moving right along, you got Matt Chapman. He's got a 107 WRC plus over the last week. He hit 227, which is, you know, kind of par for the course with a 346 on base. Good for him. And then Elvis Andres, because he hit a home run, was just below league average with a 95 WRC+. He hit 250 with a 308 on base. And I would absolutely love to see him hit one into the Crawford boxes because I call those seats BS all the time because uh, the Astros love to just dink little home runs at a... at Minute Maid Park into the Crawford boxes and just break hearts because those boxes are too close. Uh, And I would love to see Elvis Andrews uh, just turn on a changeup or whatever he's getting thrown and, uh, you know, take one over there as well. That would be a lot of fun for me personally. I love seeing Elvis Andrews succeed on the baseball field. But here's where I'm going to give you guys two players that I think could uh, no reason really i mean one one guy has a reason the other one uh, obviously needs to pick things up because he has been very very bad and that is chad panda and ramon loriano i'm going to give you ramon loriano first uh, his stats over the last 15 games over the last two weeks he's hitting 161 with a 277 on base Obviously not great. Uh, Over the last seven games, it gets even worse. He had a negative 16 WRC plus over the last seven, uh, which is, I don't, 116% below league average over the last week. That's not what you want to see from Ramon Laureano. Obviously, he's good at, you know, catching baseballs and doing things over there, but you want his bat to do a little bit more than extra nothing. So um, he hit 071 over the last week with a 161 on base. And that is against the Rangers and the Red Sox. Obviously the Red Sox pitching was doing, you know, wonders against the A's, but you should be able to hit a little bit better against the Texas Rangers. But the reason that I'm optimistic about him in this series is in 36 games against the Houston Astros, he's hit 306 with a 377 on base and a 914 OPS. He absolutely loves facing the Houston Astros. We all know this, but those are the stats. I want to see him get things turned around in this series, bring that into the Texas series before the end of the first half, and then just continue from there. That is what I see with Ramon Laureano. That's what I want. Uh, Do I have anything to give me reason for hope on that? No, not at all, except for how he's performed in previous seasons. And uh, that's all that I'm going on right now. So hopefully that is what gets him turned around is just being in Houston and hating their guts. That is my hope. Uh, Chad Pender, he has not been great so far. Uh, in the last week, he had a 28 WRC plus, so that is 72% below league average as opposed to Ramon Laureano's negative 16. So he was better than Ramon, I guess. So that's cool. Uh, over the last 15 games, though, he is hitting 105 with a 150 on base. And who boy, that is not good. And that's why I, I said on yesterday's podcast that missing Mark Canna hurts obviously but it also puts guys in situations that they're not usually in like having chad pinder in against righties and lefties uh you haven't seen the same thing with piscotti yet just because pinder i believe is the better defender but you know you also got uh sky bolt and seth brown in this lineup and you know on the roster right now and you're going to be playing two out of those four guys each and every game and 
none of them are hitting very well. So that just creates black holes in your offense. And that's, I think, where things are falling apart for the A's without Mark Hanna. Um, obviously, you know, Ramon's not doing well. And uh, Olsen hasn't been him his regular MVP self, but you can't carry the entire offense the entire season. That's just not fair to that poor guy. So sure, he's hitting like 280 now. Oh, no. And he's been... Not great for a week, so you need to see the bottom of the order pick this up. If the bottom of the order can get some hits in key situations or set the table for the top of the order and then, you know, Matt Chapman hits a home run or Matt Olson hits a home run or gets a double or whatever else needs to happen, then that is going to be the key to success. I got some more keys to success coming up for the A's, though, so stay locked in with Locked On A's and I'll be right back. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all of the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, hockey, and all of your UFC or MMA action. Last night, Montreal forced a Game 5. They're down 3-1 to one in the series, but what kind of odds can you get on them? You gotta go to Bet Online to figure it out. So before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get in the game as teams continue their runs for championships. Uh, the NBA playoffs are starting up soon too, so that should be a lot of fun. See what kind of odds you can get over there. So head on over over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying this show, then you may also enjoy the Locked On Today podcast, where today they're talking about the key to the Phoenix Suns victory or potential victory in the NBA Finals. And you can get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. You can also follow this podcast wherever you get podcasts. And also follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. If you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So I'm going to wrap up this episode with just some thoughts going into this series, the pitching matchups for uh, Wednesday and Thursday's games, and just you know, a couple of quick notes. Uh, so the pitching matchups, let's start with those real quick. On Wednesday, you got Shamanaya, who has a 313 ERA on the season, going up against Luis Garcia, who has a 314 ERA on the season. Manaya pitched against uh, the Astros a couple... Oh, three times already. Uh, the, the first start I'm throwing out just because the A's were terrible and kind of a different team that first series. Uh, but in, in Houston, he went six innings, gave up one run in you know his second start against them. And then he also went six innings, gave up three earned runs in the middle of May. And that was right after his blow-up start against the Boston Red Sox in Boston. So uh, maybe he was still trying to work some stuff out, not in the right headspace, but he's been fantastic over his last seven because he has a 185 ERA over his last seven starts, actually over his last eight. I think it's a 184, but I went with a quick one because it was right there, but uh, he's been absolutely great for his last eight starts, which is almost two months right there. So he's been great. Luis Garcia has also been good. He faced the A's a little bit earlier uh, in that same series as the Manaya May start. It was May 20th that he faced the A's. He went five innings, gave up two solo homers. That was the damage against him. So you're, you're going to have to work him a little bit harder, but he's not going to hopefully go too deep into this game. Maybe you can see the weak spot of this Astros uh, roster, and that is their bullpen. 
The A's have had some success against their bullpen, but we'll see if they can get enough success to pull out a series victory in this one. Uh, on Thursday, you got Frankie Montas with his 4.63 ERA going against Lance McCullers Jr. in his 2.97 ERA. He's been pitching very, very well, and he has given up two runs in each of his last four starts. And uh, he's been going roughly five and a third innings in each of those starts. He's gone six innings in one, but five and one. So, and five and a third in the other two. So uh, he's not going to go super deep, but it is also the Frankie Montas start. So if Frankie can hold him down for a little bit, hopefully the A's can, you know, get enough into their bullpen over the first couple of games where they're either tired or they've seen them already and they can execute when they need to. Uh, just stay away from Ryan Presley. That is uh, that is one goal for this series is stay away from Ryan Presley if he has the chance to lock down a game. But uh, a couple of quick notes. Alex Bregman has been out for a while. He is going to be out for this series. Uh, it's Abraham Toro who's been playing 30. He's been doing all right. Uh, Jordan Alvarez, as I mentioned, is back. Martin Maldonado, as I mentioned, is back. So uh, they're going to have a fairly full lineup for this series. And that is obviously not what you want. But uh, as as for Tuesday's game, as for today's game, the keys against Framber Valdez is number one, hit it where they ain't. I know that that sounds super simple and I'm extra simplifying everything, but he is a ground ball pitcher. And if they're shifting Matt Olson like they usually do, and he gets a pitch on the outside corner, take it the other way, Give get that hit and then give it to Chapman. And if Chapman can go the other way in this series in particular, you don't necessarily have to drive the ball. I mean, obviously that helps that that scores runs very, very quickly. And it is a big part of the A's offense. But I think the key to beating Frauber Valdez is he's He's going to make you hit it on the ground, but if you can hit it on the ball hard and get it through to the outfield and get hits off of those ground balls, then do it. Go ahead and do it. You got Jed Lowry. I think he can do it. If Tony Kemp plays or gets, you know, an at bat, then, uh, and I think that he should because he's been good against lefties, but we'll see. Um, then he's also a good contact bat at the, in that same space. Elvis Andrews has been a good contact bat. He can go the other way. He's hard to shift. So he can kind of put the ball where he wants to. Um, they have some guys that can do this, whether or not they will do this is going to be a big question. Uh, Sean Murphy, if he can get hot, that would be, that would be absolutely fantastic. Have him hit a, have him hit a huge, huge home run. Um, also they're going to need contributions from their, their slumping players. And I know that this sounds like a very rudimentary list, but these are things that are going to have to happen for them to beat uh, a team like the Astros in the playoffs. It's going to just have to happen for them to beat the Astros period. So they're going to have to take advantage of every situation that they have. They're going to need the bullpen to be absolutely nails against the Houston Astros or any team that they face in the playoffs. So you got to treat this kind of like a playoff series because if you get if they get swept in this series, they are down six and a half games with, you know, three games left before the All-Star break. So maybe you get it down to five and a half, but you don't want that right now. You, you want to get that to two and a half or one and a half or maybe even a half a game if you can pull off a sweep somehow. So you got to do what you can and the bullpen if they can go nine innings, if, if you get six innings from each of the starters and then you get three innings from the bullpen each game, that's nine innings. If they can give up two runs in those nine innings, I think that that could be a nice recipe for success. We'll see what happens. But uh, I am 
scared of this series, obviously, because it has big potential ramifications. I think that the A's will go out and make trades that could help them, but will they help them enough to win the AL West or will they be helping them in preparation for a potential wild card matchup if they make it that far? Because then they're battling a whole bunch of teams. So there's a lot of questions coming in. And uh, if the A's can perform well in this series, maybe that helps them uh, get better pieces in a potential trade. Maybe they go after Nelson Cruz or whoever uh, whoever the fans really want right now. Uh, Nelson Cruz has been a, a big one in the mention. So uh, maybe they go after somebody like that as opposed to, you know, Adam Duvall or whoever uh, whoever else. So uh, that, that's the hope right now. You got to perform well right now. And it could be play huge ramifications at the trade deadline and uh, what happens later on in the season because the A's got six more games against the Houston Astros after this series. They they got nine total right now, but they have six more after this series, which is one nice because you don't got to face the stinking Houston Astros again. But at the same time, fewer opportunities to make up that ground after the trade deadline. So uh, we'll see what happens. But that's all that I got for you guys today. Tomorrow, I'll do a little bit more of a deep dive into Wednesday's game with Sean Mania going against Luis Garcia. Um, and then, you know, talk about some other stuff as well. So that's that, that's today's show. So until next time, go out and celebrate Elvis Andrews' home run one more time. And I will talk at you tomorrow. Tomorrow.